Today on Tips from the Top Floor, I've brought Monica back again to, among other things, discuss why New Zealand's mailboxes might be one of the big creative outlets over here. And we're also going to why she hated her sheep shearing photos and how she's planning to get around that. This is Tips from the Top Floor 853 for January the 25th, 2019. Tips from the top, from the top floor, tips from the top, all right. I'm here again with Monica. Hi there. <laughs> and we um, we are still in New Zealand and we have had several places we stayed on the way. And this one is an old historic house somewhere in the middle of the South Island. And it's from 18, ooh, do you know the year? 60, 1867 or something, or something along those yeah. lines. Um Beautiful place. I mean, this, these are the things you will never get if you stay in hotels. They That's a bed and breakfast and uh, the place is so thoughtfully uh, restored mm -hmm. with um, with so many details that it's a real joy spending a couple of nights here. Yeah, apart from the details is actually the, the shape of the house and how the rooms are ordered within the house is <laughs> especially it's really really typical to to old houses all rooms are basically in one line it starts you enter the house uh, into the former kitchen the mm -hmm. former kitchen there is a very old wood stove which is now it's sort of an eating room right mm, yeah it's an eating room and it, there is used there's still the very old stove in there where everything has been cooked and that also heated the kitchen and then To the right, there are two sleeping rooms, mm -hmm. but they're bedrooms, both both in in one line. So they have only one. Yeah, you have you, you have to go through one door, one bedroom to get into the second right, one. Right, right. Yeah. And if you and if you leave the eating room to the left, you come to the lounge. That's how they call it. It's basically a living room, small one, with an open fireplace and a piano and everything. And then you leave the cottage. To the back, you have the now newer kitchen as well as the two, um, the bathroom and the the toilet room. Mm -hmm. So and then there is the garden, and it's really tiny. All the rooms are tiny. In both bedrooms, um, there is actually a place for uh, space for. In the one is it's a it's, it's a double bed, a queen size bed, and the other one two two small singles. And all the rooms are basically... And not much more space. Not, not much more space. There is no room for a cupboard or something <laughs> else. So the even the, the lounge room is... There are two sofas in here and the piano. And that that's basically it, what fits into the room. Mm. But, But it's, it's, it's nice. It's it, The shape is nice and it's also beautifully... Yeah, put together here uh, with vintage, uh, vintage linen and... Um, Lots of attention to detail, yeah. um, and it shows us it shows us a side of New Zealand that is long over. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's also <clears throat> between different touristy kind of touristy things we've done. It's a very nice place to relax. They have a hot tub in the back, so <laughs> out out back. So uh, that is very nice. And uh, yeah, in general, I mean, we're we're enjoying this. Um, New Zealand, not quite at an end yet. We still have about a couple of weeks to go. Two and a half. I two think, and a half yeah. weeks to go. And uh, we're making our way 
slowly further south. Um, we will soon be at the very southern tip of the South Island. Um, and again, in the middle of nowhere. But it's it's a good experience. It's really uh, it's a very relaxed, very relaxed people here. Um, we have a few findings, a few things that we noticed that um, I think we haven't talked about yet. Uh, last time, uh, one is, and we have we've traveled a lot, but what we found in New Zealand is New Zealand is the land of public restrooms. Mm -hmm. A lot of them. So. I have recognized that sooner when I traveled through um, Scandinavia, where you have a lot of people um, traveling by boat. So in the harbors, you have always public toilets. That's absolutely something where you can bet on that in each and every harbor, village or city or town, you have at least two or three public toilets in and around the harbor. When traveling North America, you really have to look hard for them. There are no public toilets in a lot of areas. New York City is especially especially, especially bad, bad yeah. in this regard. But here in New Zealand, each and every little village, township, <clears throat> place has public toilets and there and you find them very easily because you see the signs along the along the streets <laughs> and everything. They're clean, they're they're well maintained. They're it's always easy. free. They're it's always easy free. to travel. It's easy to travel. Yeah. And the funny thing is that most of the public toilets are unisex toilets. So not female or male, but all creatures welcome. Yeah. You mean like like back like in your home like in your home yes yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's something that is not so common in europe uh -huh. and uh, it's, that's something i is very think is very inclusive here a lot of the um the toilets are also uh, barrier free to to enter yep. so yeah that's a good thing so what else did we notice well of course the first thing one of the first things we noticed when we arrived is the vegetation new zealand is amazing um and the one thing that always sticks out here is the trees mm -hmm. um this is this is true for the north island but it's even more true for the south island yeah we talked about that i think uh, during the last uh podcast It's 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 absolutely stunning what you see in trees here. Um, when you cross the, the Southern Alps, you see more vegetation that you are used used to. We have um, pine oh, trees, pine pine trees, and what's uh, I don't know. Birch? No, I don't know the name in English. So sorry, but you also have on the other hand, um, of course, <clears throat> the ferns, the tree ferns, and um, certain pine trees you do not have in Europe, nor do you have them in the States. And um, yeah, it's it, that's interesting. And uh, even in, in the Alps, the, the the size of the trees is just amazing, even yes. higher up. They grow, they grow big and they grow fast, at least faster than in many other places. One thing we learned up, in, up on the North Island was the, the sequoia trees that grow in California and also grow here. Uh, the ones that grow here, if you if you cut through uh, through one of them, you see the the year marks, the rings mm -hmm. um, being much bigger here. So they grow faster in the year, and that apparently means that the sequoias here are classified as softwood. Yep, they are much much softer than the ones up in California, which are I think classified as hardwood. I think so. Yes. So that's <clears throat> so that the is, same tree. The same tree can be soft or hard depending on where it grows and how fast it grows. Yeah, 
And then there is um, the thing with the massive hedges they have around here. Each and each and every estate or sheep station or I don't know farm, whatever is surrounded by hedges that are ten meters high, yeah, a, a ten so. that like almost thirty foot high uh, hedges, and there there aren't hedges as we know them back home. They are made from trees. Yeah, they they cut <laughs> they cut trees into hedges that. I have never seen in that form. It's it's They're really massive. interesting. Uh, massive pine trees cut into hedges, and um, yeah, a lot of lot of trees where I don't know the English name. I would <laughs> I would, so. would want to see the hedge trimmer that they use for that. Yeah, it's, is... we have seen one today, but you uh, just took a nap while I was driving. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but really, really, really massive. I think it's. Um, it's actually to to fight the strong winds they have up here. Probably. So um, that H- hedges also pro- provide some some noise protection, yeah. some visual protection, privacy, privacy and so on. Whatever, but they are some of the hedges are far far away from houses. So I think yep. that <clears> is not about privacy; it's about yeah, maybe and they have strong winds here. Yeah. Strong about the strong winds, yeah. Yeah. And what we what we haven't mentioned when you drive along those hedges and the and the streets where somewhere back there are the houses, what you what you easily see and recognize is the really colorful post boxes they have here. The mailboxes in front of yeah. the houses at the road. Yeah. Very 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 much. Um, they are. There's a difference between Europe and and the mailboxes here. Um, just because our houses are usually much closer to the road here, they are often set back, same as in many places in the United States. So you have the mailboxes out on posts as people from the U.S. are are used to, but the variety. (laughs) It's, it's It's absolutely amazing. Sometimes I think some of them might be projects in school. I don't know. That they do in art class or whatever. So creative. It's we had, we had rockets. As a mailbox, ships, um, trailers, big bees, bees, milk cans, um, sharks, milk cans, microwaves. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't think we have an quite. oil drum. Right, an oil drum. So uh, basically, everything that you can think of, the the more colorful, the better. It and, is really yeah. one one of the big. It uh, seems to be, and pl- please, if you're a Kiwi, let us know if that's true. Seems to be one of the big creative outlets here to make a a, a, a fancy, fancy mailbox. Yeah, it's yeah. So that that uh, another another thing that showed interesting levels of creativity where the um, the walk signs, the pedestrian walk signs at traffic lights now. We are from Germany, so for us, our normal like don't walk sign in, in the US, it's don't walk and walk. Mm-hmm. So it's just written there. Uh, in Europe, it's a little red person figure on the yeah. top and yeah. then a, a little green person on the top and the red person stands there and the green person is a pictogram of a, of a person walking. Okay. Right. Um, we wa- have two different, actually, <coughs> from East Germany. Yeah. And um, <coughs> from West Germany. So they are different and, historically. Yeah. And, and here, when we arrived in Auckland, it was like back home, like the red little person stands there and it just stands and it's red and you wait and then it turns green. And in Auckland, that green one was an animated green mm-hmm. one. It was made from 
LED, little LED screen sort of uh, thing, and it walked. And we thought, oh, that's cute. We have to take a photo of that one day or a little video of it. <laughs> but we didn't because we thought we could just do it in another place. And then we started traveling the North Island. And the next place we stayed, it wasn't that animation anymore. No. And there was, and I'm not sure where I recognized it. I know that in Wellington, I saw a different <clears throat> animated figure for the, for the green light. For the walk sign. Yeah. There was a dog involved. <laughs> yep. They had a dog on a leash. Right. And um, in Wellington, I also saw the first uh, traffic light where the green um, person person was uh, was female or was supposed or to look be female. Look had female, had a dress on. Had a dress on. So the, the red one was still the yeah or unisex or non-gendered version. Yeah. And the green one was looking like a female person. That But was it was so fun to see that. And then we, in, in total, we saw probably five, six different uh, Not others. that many, four, I would say. But yeah, very, very interesting and very special. But we didn't begin documenting that in the beginning, so we didn't continue it. Uh, I think you took one photo of yeah. it. But uh, that would that would be something to look out for. We haven't seen, well, I don't think we haven't really seen any traffic lights here on the South Island yet. No, uh, only roundabouts. No, no pedestrian uh, lights, at least like, none that I can remember. But up on the North Island, that is something when... If we come back, that's something I, I want to take a closer look at. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, and we'll, we will get into photography in a minute. Sorry for the interruption. Just a quick word about this week's sponsor, HoneyBook. Do you own a small business frustrated by dealing with back and forth emails, endless paperwork and getting paid? HoneyBook.com can help you spend less time handling the administration work and more time doing what you love. HoneyBook is an all-in-one business management platform for creative small businesses. HoneyBook makes it easy to streamline your process with client and calendar management tools and custom branded brochures, proposals and contracts. You can even get e-signatures, generate invoices and get paid faster all with one online system. Over 75,000 photographers, designers, event professionals and other solo entrepreneurs have saved hundreds if not thousands of hours a year with HoneyBook. And that's why this little show has partnered with HoneyBook.com to offer TFTTF listeners 50% off the first year of HoneyBook with promo code TOPFLOOR. So get started at HoneyBook.com today and use promo code TOPFLOOR for 50% off your first year. Again, that's HoneyBook.com, promo code TOPFLOOR. And I thank them for the support. Um, yeah. uh, today we had uh, a lot of interesting cars crossing our way. <clears throat> True. On the, on the way, we drove somewhere and uh, there were lots of cars coming the other way that were... Vintage. Vintage. Old timers. 50, 70, 100 years old. Uh, Rolls Royces and Fords and whatever. And Bentleys. Bentleys and, and stuff. Um, and we, we asked someone and, and they said, well, there's a lot of clubs here. New Zealand is old timer country, old, old car country. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you see them at the side of the road sometimes just standing there. In Germany, there are much fewer, a lot fewer um, than here. That really was interesting. And then there must have been some events. So today we saw they all I don't know, had 20 a, 30 of them more, at 30, least yeah they had all had a, a number 
behind the windscreen. Yeah, sign on the them, signs. Yeah. I think they're part of a, an old timer rally or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, photography wise, I'm not sure. Did we talk about this last time? Uh, we went to uh, to a sheep station, mm -hmm. which is a big sheep farm, and that uh, in that specific case, it was like somewhere between ten and twenty thousand sheep. Um, and uh, we, a, a listener, Paul, thanks a lot for organizing that for us, uh, organized the, that we could go there while they were sheep, sharing sheep and photographed there. And it was, it was nothing touristy at all. It was them working. So there are five people sharing sheep. Uh, how long did it take per sheep? Maybe 40 seconds? Mm. Definitely under a minute. <coughs> Some were a yes. bit quicker, 40, 40 seconds, other more close to a minute. But that was amazing, yeah. And, and, and the sheep looked relatively relaxed. Yeah, quite yeah. relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 sheep um, they they kind of they kind of hold them between the their knees and legs. They and roll them around. Roll them around, and then it it really is amazing. They have loud music on, and then there's uh, there were a couple of ladies with squeegee kind of things that sorted through the fleece through the wool and and sorted the more dirty stuff into one side and the stuff that went into the big bales to the other side and um they were and we were always in the way so we were, we were told off several times but um we were allowed to stay there for a while and uh, take photos we'll put some of those online um uh, i do my best to put a link in the show notes mm -hmm. um which was a great experience so thanks for that um Another listener, also named Paul, um, invited us. I want to. to I want to oh, talk sorry. to what, what of the photography a bit because okay. I just to f let you finish the the sheep, the sheep part. Yeah. Uh, although I think we had that uh, in the last podcast, but for me it was something. It's a different experience for you, right? It now. was a different experience. Normally, some of you might know that uh, I go analog. Um, a lot. Film. I should. I should Almost film exclusively. Yeah, right. Even when I travel. So the last time when I've been to Ethiopia, I only had my medium format six by seven Pentax, the Beast with me. I still have that camera with me, but it had a had had a few problems during the last month. So I had it in repairs two twice, I think. So, um, and when we went for the sheep session, I thought, okay, I take, take my digital um, <coughs> camera with me, my, my Nikon 601. Um, and although I'm, I still know how to operate <laughs> that thing, it is still a different uh, experience for me to shoot uh, digital, um, shoot digital again. It's What's different? What's different? So, so, so again, you've been shooting uh, the Pentax 6.7, not, not the Pentax 6X7, but no. the Pentax 6.7, Six which seven. is the newer model, um, which is a workhorse, which is, a, we call it the beast. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a medium 6x7 camera. It, it's a bit of a diva sometimes, but once you wrapped your head around it. I had never problems with this camera. It was yeah. the most trusty <clears throat> camera I ever had. So It's a DSLR. It's, it's an SLR, SLR, but a big one as in medium format. So when you hold it in front of your face, your head almost disappears yep. behind it. Um, it has a it has a light meter built in, but no um, automatic settings whatsoever. So you you check uh, you check the metering and then you adjust um uh, aperture and uh and actually and the, and the and time the speed, and the yeah. shutter speed 
and uh, nothing the camera does nothing automatically so i have to look for mm -hmm. everything so that makes you a bit slower <coughs> it's also of course manually folk folk uh, manual focus camera so and when going for the sheep now i decided okay you go you take your dslr and um on the one hand there is a different um uh, what's the word the dis uh, different aspect ratio so it may it ha you have to look in a different way to to really DSLR frame the pictures is, uh, three by yeah. two yeah and six by seven is just uh is closer to the square format right so that was something that i had to get used to again uh but and of course i should haven't you haven't you used it like I, like i mean i use it every now and then when i do um product product photography, product yes. photography but um not But not for for a reportage type photography, probably not in years, right? Four to five years ago, yeah, okay. I would say. I bought it before we went to the last um, track we did, the the Gokyo, the Gokyo track. Um, yeah, so it has been some time um, until I used it properly. So, um, of course, I shot a lot of um, my pictures in burst mode because the people are the shearers are moving fast the the sheep are moving um <clears throat> so what i first it had is to really a, a rustle and bustle there yeah. yeah absolutely and what i had to get used to is to sort out all, through all those pictures and not to expect that every shot is a good one when i when i <laughs> shoot a roll of film in my 10 pictures go on ro one roll on the six by seven And normally my keeper ratio is at least half. At least half, I would say. Yeah, and this is absolutely so. Not you should realistic. you shoot ten shots on a roll, and five of them are good photos. Yeah. And every digital photographer needs to know that that when you shoot film, your keeper ratio will go up dramatically. Absolutely. With a DSLR and that type of a photography, the the mindset is shoot more and and spend more time sorting out the bad ones, weeding out the bad ones right. later. And then you might end up with, I, I don't know, 1% maybe? Maybe, yeah. And that when I first looked at my pictures, I was <clears throat> bummed. I mean, I was really frustrated. <sighs> there is nothing in there. I told you, I don't think I have any good pictures from that shearing session. It so took you getting used to the process again, yeah, though, the right. workflow again. I was, I, was really, I was really sad about the result. And... And I said, well, I don't like the colors and I don't like the contrast. And that is something I had to get used to again, that on a, to a raw picture, you have to do much more development and you have to really, yeah, more steps to go to from, from a raw picture to a good picture. <laughs> In film, I have so many decisions I, I, I took before I even... Yeah, take when, the camera when you, with when me. you load the roll of film you are making decisions about post-production because right. because the post-production post-processing is already built into the film right yeah. and 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 when i load the film i also know already how i will be processing it in terms of what what developer will i use what what times will i use with this developer and this specific role of film so a lot of decisions i have they are already in the can so to say so mm -hmm. i actually know what i'm my result is going to be and this is not true for my digital photography so in the end i chose um to to switch a few of the pictures from color to black and white and then i felt much more in my comfort zone because <laughs> i because I, i i actually know how i want my black and white pictures to look like so in the end i came i had an outcome from i maybe 10 to 12 
quite good pictures. Um, and I, I might not have, have taken so many that, as you have taken. So um, in the end, it was yeah, it was not that bad. But but it, it I really had to work also on my attitude towards those pictures to to see that well it, the result is not the result is not that bad and it might, might even be in, on the same level that the I, same amount of photos uh, that yeah. you ended up you know honestly i mean we spent i don't know 45 minutes in there maybe maybe yeah. an hour maximum yeah. and it was it was difficult because we were in the way a lot and they mm -hmm. they needed to do work these guys work and the girls work hard and they get paid by the sheep so it's it's something along the lines between two and three new zealand dollars per sheep mm -hmm. so they work quickly they work they we we did the math uh, five of them in parallel will probably share about 2000 sheep a day so yeah. uh yeah do the math um, they make quite decent money but they don't need anyone in their way so it was hard to get to the good spots because we were always in the way um and i shot a lot but i ended up just weeding out so many that i probably ended up with three four shots from that session that i consider worth showing yeah. and and the same for you i yeah. mean you might I will you keep, might have had five maybe I, i might keep 10 to 12 that i keep because i think they are okay okay shots But or how many would you shots? show in public maybe five yeah maximum of five which yeah. is which is if you look at your film uh of oh. half of half of a roll of 10 right yeah, right so you end up with the same amount of photos you just take a lot more photos to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that feels so wrong to me. <laughs> <laughs> and this is really something. I mean, I it, I even hesitate to um, switch on the computer and transfer the pictures. I I'm afraid to look at the pictures. Whereas whenever because I it doesn't make you feel as good as you do yeah, with film. Right. Yeah. Whenever I take my rolls of film out of the last um, bath and um, dry them and put them onto the scanner. There is so much more joy involved looking at the pictures and saying, "Oh, well, there's a nice one, and there's another white nice one." So, um, it's, it's film. Film has a lot more satisfaction yeah, built in. So much to give. People shoot more film. Film is awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we're still looking at getting that uh, Pentax six seven repaired. If anyone yeah. out there, by the way, by the it, way, it, it, it has been repaired. It has been so. <laughs> I, it's, I'm able to take it out to to but it doesn't behave it the doesn't way. behave the way it should behave so in the end when the film comes to an end so the last two pictures uh, it behaves differently than it should do and in, in the way in the way it transports the film right, and so on right um and and you're you're on the verge of buying a second one just yeah, to yeah i will definitely i will definitely buy a second one just to be sure that i have at least one that is always functioning how it should um, maybe, the, the maybe, thing maybe is that I had this camera for 10 years almost and only during the last year it's giving me a hard time um, since since I had the, this this splash of salt, salt water, water. Damage, yeah. <laughs> yeah right and since then it's, it's and it's been repaired out. twice now if if anyone hey if anyone listening to this if you have a Pentax 6-7 lying around let us know we might be interested 
Yeah, right. And I, I've, I'm already looking at the cameras in Japan because uh, it's it's normally it's a, it's a Japanese camera. You might be able to get it from there. Yeah, yeah. and and buying from eBay, um, from eBay Japan is normally not a big problem. I've done that for fountain pens, and also for a large format lens, and everything was pretty awesome. The quality was high. The things were clean in a good the sellers condition. were reliable absolutely so i'm thinking about looking into the japanese market to get a six seven or maybe even a six seven two which is the latest model which is the latest model that has also with, with the lenses fit yeah the lenses will fit and it has aperture priority mode okay built in so that no yeah yeah right so that's this might then be an upgrade but i would totally be fine with a 6x7 of the later models. So, so the Pentax 6.7. 6.7 from the late 80s with mirror up. That would be my preferred model. Yeah. Oh, it has mirror lockup, yeah. yeah. Which you don't really need because that's just one of the yeah, features. Yeah, but it's, it's one of the features that the later models have. Yeah. That's why. Which yeah. is interesting. A lot of people say you have to use mirror lockup on that camera. You have to shoot it from a tripod. And Not at all. <laughs> And the camera is, is, is heavy and so stable, so so solid that I've seen photos that you... Sh I couldn't believe that you shot... Half a second. From your hand with mm -hmm. half a second and... Reasonably sharp. Reasonably sharp. Yeah. A quarter of a second, no problem whatsoever. Um, it, yeah. Yeah, it's an awesome camera. It's just... It's it's my point and shoot. So it's your it's <laughs> your tiny little point and shoot for your tiny little yeah, handbag. Yeah, I think everybody has a camera where it's 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 it's, it's an extension ex extension of your arm kind of. Mm -hmm. So where you know the camera, where you know how the look look will be of the pictures, and just the camera that helps you. Oh, don't, see don't, things. Yeah, don't don't of. don't. It's also pretentious to say too full for your vision and. No, it's not. It's not that. It's not that. But pathetic. <laughs> it's just. It just. It, it's the camera that fits for you. It's. Yeah. It's like a good. It's a glove. One shoe or something. It's a glove. Yeah. It's right. It's a glove, and it does what you want it to do, and you know how to make it do what you want it to. Mm -hmm. What you want right. it to. Yeah. Yeah. Especially there are not too many features that can get into my way. So that's another thing. Yeah. I. I do. I do. I do uh, see that sometimes with photographers around me. That they spend so much time searching for features mm -hmm. in the menus or trying to figure out how to do something with a camera that they miss the shot. And I've never seen you do that. It's usually... Uh, Not with this camera. One or two yeah. things you do with usually exposure and focus and that's it. Yeah, right. I mean, there is <laughs> basically nothing more that you could do with this camera. So. Yeah. It's it's about the basic things, but I think those basic aspects are what makes a good photo. Yeah. In the end, it's the same when I operate my large format camera. It's 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 the basic stuff that helps me develop a good picture. Maybe I'm too complicated. I don't need a complicated camera. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. Okay. Uh, I think I think that's it for this little discussion. Um, thanks everyone for being tuned in and uh, thanks Monica yeah bye oh wait before we let you go 
We forgot someone, the other Paul that I mentioned in between. Um, that was in Wellington. Right, Wellington was... Uh, Wellington was beautiful. was beautiful, it was certainly an experience, and it was really sad that we only had basically one day in Wellington. Well, yes, absolutely. All Wellingtonians are, are right to shout at us now because we only planned one day in Wellington, but it, that's just the way it worked out, and it will give us a reason to come back because Wellington definitely has more to offer than just one day but I wanted to mention Paul because that's a different Paul from the yep. Paul who took us to the sheep shearing this Paul invited us and took us to a concert in, in well, the park in the park there's the botanical garden and the, at the bottom of the, of the botanical garden there is the sound shell which is a little stage and uh, a lawn in front of it and people in summer um, gather and bring their picnic blankets bring their picnic baskets bring their kids bring their kids not bring to eat them but to <laughs> <laughs> no they bring proper picnic stuff and uh, then there's a concert a free concert and this time i forgot the name of the band but it was uh, was a funk band funky fusion type of music mm -hmm. um, which i really like and you too yeah And uh, Paul and his wife, whose name I unfortunately forgot, sorry for that, um, they they brought picnic food and drinks and wine and it was just an amazing, beautiful evening with live music and uh, in great company. And we just wanted to say thanks, Paul. Thanks, and uh, thanks to the Wellingtonians also. You make for some great party people. <laughs> that was really amazing. There was a dance floor right in front of the stage, and this dance floor was filled, filled in, within time. seconds. Within seconds, within seconds. Yes. yeah, with and with people of all ages. I mean, there were two year olds um, jumping back and forth, and also uh, teens and, and retired people. Everyone and retired was dancing. People, yes. Everybody was dancing. It was it was really a big party from the beginning. And chapeau, I have to say. So. Thanks again, and uh, I'm pretty sure we'll be back one day. Thank you. Bye bye. You won't talk about this, you won't talk about that. All right, and that was finally it. If you liked the episode, let me know by giving tips on the top floor, radio, and iTunes. Little thingy with the stars, you know how this goes. Um, it just helps the word of mouth, it just helps TFTTF to be visible, and that's important for the show to continue. And um, again, thanks everyone who, who listens and subscribes. You guys are the reason we're doing this. After, after Music for the show by Jeff Smith, silent partner Hans Peter Kagerud, publishing and Slack challenges by Release Pixie, Matt Refster, Armstead, Slack invitations by Chief Invitation Officer, CIO Rusty Russ, and the link to get on the Slack is in the show notes. My name is Chris Marquardt. You'll find me on social media at Chris M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T. Go out and take amazing photos. Share them with the world. Be nice to each other and happy shooting. <laughs> <laughs>